Good morning. I would love to welcome you here today. It's good to see you. Well, see you here as we fellowship you in your home, us here at the church. Good to see you. So welcome. A few things I, want to, I would like to uh, mention this morning. Uh, many of you have received the newsletter. This last week, a newsletter went out to all the church members. Um, in the newsletter, there's a lot of good information. We have a letter from uh, Harris Junior Academy. Registration is this Monday, this coming Monday, August 10, going from noon to 7 p.m. So if you want to send your child or children to Harris Junior Academy or HJA, um, I would invite you or encourage you to go by the school between noon and 7 and uh, get your children registered. This school year is going to be an interesting one. Because of COVID, um, the school is dialed back uh, its involvement uh, in the kids right there at the building. So we're still doing distance learning. As far as I understand, it will still be through, the, it definitely will be through the school but the kids will be at home. Uh, that's the way it's looking anyway. So you'll find out more information when you go to HJA and you get have a conversation with the uh, principal. Calendar, if you want to know information, what's going on, there is also a letter uh, regarding church budget. Um, there is still the need to support God's church. I think I pretty much nailed that down last Sabbath we talked. There is, I apologize, rifling through these papers. Oh, here it is. Uh, offering today, August 8, is for world budget. Last Sabbath was local church budget. Uh, so I would encourage you to, to give... Uh, according to how God has blessed. Um, I think that's, that's pretty much it as far as announcements go. Today is the final four, number four, in the series of the book of Jonah. I very much enjoyed this study. Uh, it has... Uh, taught me or shown me or I've discovered a lot of good information. It's interesting as I study the book of Jonah I've, I've discovered a lot of the stories that Jesus told, that Jesus shared when he was walking here on earth. Today's sermon in Jonah chapter 4 reminds me very much of the story of the prodigal son. Not so much from the perspective of the prodigal but from the perspective of the older brother. Jonah had an issue, and he was angry about how God resolved it. 
So, uh, without further ado, I would invite you to uh, pray with me. Father in heaven, this morning I pray for your spirit to continue to guide. I thank you so much for the promise that where two or three are gathered in your name, that's where you are. The verse doesn't say where two or three, two or three are gathered in this place, but it says where two or three are gathered. This gathering could be one here, one on the other end of the phone. This gathering could be one here and another one in their living room watching on their computer or via the internet uh, some way, whether it's TV or, or whatever. It, it says two or three are gathered, so we are gathered. Uh, via live stream with people who follow you, who want to know more of you. I pray that you guide us, direct us this morning as we, as we uh, pull back the curtain and we continue to look into the life of this man by the name of Jonah. I pray that we hear the message that you have for us today. May we see if we are Jonah. May we see, may we hear, may we understand, and may we repent and allow you to work in us. Guide us now, I pray in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen. So Jonah chapter 4, I've titled this sermon, the compassionate. It's interesting, this, uh, this title, the compassionate. Jonah does not seem like someone who is compassionate, but I hope that as we go through this book that we discover who is the compassionate. I'd like to go with you to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, and today, I know I was intending on it last Sabbath, but today we will quickly read through, it's only 11 verses, so we'll read through it. So Jonah chapter 4, I would encourage you to open your Bibles so we can read together. Jonah 4, starting with verse 1. And it says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. And he became very angry, so he complained to the Lord about it. Now, referring to last Sabbath sermon, I'd encourage you to go back and read, if you don't remember what happened, uh, read Jonah 3. There was a great change of events. So continuing, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That... That is why I ran away from Tarshish, ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. 
The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as soon as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, Jonah exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord replied, You feel sorry for the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It, it came up quickly and died quickly, but, but Nineveh has had more or has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? In Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, we in a sense, get to pull back the curtain. We, we get to see God's desire for His, His hearts and His patience towards us. According to Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, why did Jonah flee to, to Tarshish? Chapter 1, verse 3 also mentions this. According to Jonah, chapter 4, verse 2, what is God like? And why do you think Jonah has a problem with this God? Jonah. Jonah was an angry man. Angry because God is merciful. God is compassionate slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to turn back from destroying people. Jonah was angry. Angry because God's forgiveness extended to those that didn't deserve grace. Forgiveness for the murderer. Forgiveness for the violent. Forgiveness for the looters. Forgiveness for the homosexual, the the prostitute, and the people of Nineveh. This angered Jonah. They didn't deserve it. Why would God's forgiveness and grace towards this city make Jonah angry enough to want to die? Who, Who are you for? What group do you support? At what lengths are you willing to go for your man to win? 
Jonah. Jonah was a nationalist. Jonah loved his people. Jonah loved just his people. And he hated the people of Nineveh because of all the things that the people of Nineveh did to those around them. This was the reason why he ran when God called him to go and preach to Nineveh. He, he did not want to warn the Ninevites about the judgment of God. He would rather see Nineveh get punished for their crimes against his own people. Now imagine, if you will, an entire community, an entire city turn to God because of a terrible sermon. Imagine after hearing the message, this community, the community where we live, this city where we are connected, comes and fills the church. How would you respond? One would hope that we would rejoice. In Jonah chapter 4, we, we see a snapshot in the into the tendency of all of us. It would be inconvenient, for sure. We, we wouldn't be able to claim the, the seat that we're used to sitting. We'd have to open our homes to, to make room for newcomers. We, we might not be served. We might not be catered to in the, the way we prefer. We might have to sit with people who, who have different perspectives. Now Jonah chapter 4 also reveals God's compassion. Not, not just towards Nineveh, but also towards Jonah. God patiently deals with this prophet who is angry and he lashes out. But God is patient with his anger because God decided to relent from judging Nineveh. Jonah's compassion for the plant or his house that God provided is one of selfish reasons. His compassion is masked by his desire for comfort. Jonah wanted comfort. Jonah wanted ease. And he gets angry when this plant dies because it's inconvenient to him. It, it makes him uncomfortable. He, he gets angry when life takes a turn in the way he, he doesn't want it to go. Many times in life, we behave just like Jonah. We, we get angry when we're not served. We're not, we get angry when things don't suit us. We get angry when things don't go the way we think they should. Even our best intentions are tainted by sin and selfishness because all my righteousness is his filthy rags. I may want to do good. I may go out and 
do good, but all my righteousness is as filthy rags. Jonah's love is misplaced. Jonah's love is for himself, his his ego, and in anything that goes against his preference or his perspective faces his extreme displeasure. Jonah's love for himself even blinds him to God's tremendous act of grace towards Nineveh. I want you to pay especial attention. Please note, be aware, notice this. Even when Jonah is angry with God, even when Jonah is lashing out at God, God is gently dealing with him out of compassion. In the Gospels, we see the compassion of Jesus for the multitude, for the good Samaritan, for the the prodigal son, for those afflicted and oppressed, for those who who are lost in the city of Jerusalem. We even see in the story of the prodigal son the compassion of the father for the older brother. It was because of Jesus that we, who deserve wrath, while standing before a holy God, became objects of compassion. It was out of compassion that Jesus did not let us suffer in our sins and and be separated from God forever. Instead, Jesus made a new covenant with the Father for us so we can be secure and be co-heirs with Jesus. God's grace towards Nineveh revealed his own prejudice. When when something we really desire, when something we really hope for and live for no longer exists, how do we react? We, We haven't been meeting here in the church for several months. What is my response? What is your response? How do we how do we react? Does it make us angry and and bitter? Does it leave us without meaning and purpose? What today What are the things that are taking the place of God in your life? When we are consumed with anger, bitterness, maybe because the church is not open, depression because we're maybe left all alone, dejection, when we are consumed in meaninglessness, or we feel that 
were without purpose. We fail to see what God is concerned with. When it's all about me, these self-desires make us blind to the purpose of God. And instead of weeping and mourning for what breaks God's heart, we, we weep and mourn over our own disappointments and frustrations. So do we see what's making, or do you see what's making you angry or sad or disappointed or depressed? Won't you examine your heart and confess those emotions before God? Don't let sin rule over you. Wouldn't you rather delight in Christ who loves you deeply, satisfies you, and delights in you? When you were a child, or maybe when you still act like a child. How did you, or how do you, usually express your anger? I'd invite you to think back to week one in this series, where we read about Jonah's experience on the ship, how does Jonah's attitude towards the Ninevites compare to the sailors' attitude to him? How does God's compassion compare to Jonah's compassion? Does, does this challenge your attitude that you have towards other people? What does the interaction between Jonah and God in verse 3 and 4 of Jonah 4 teach us about our relationship with God? And what do you think Jonah was waiting to see in, in, in Jonah 4, 5? In the closing verses of this chapter, we see God continually providing for this obstinate prophet. In your most stubborn times, how has God expressed grace and mercy in your life? And, and what do verses 10 and 11 teach us about God? Many times we're like Jonah. We we want to receive God's forgiveness, but we're not always willing to extend it to others. So who is it that we need to extend forgiveness to? How is God calling you today to grow in compassion for the lost? In closing, 
I'd like to extend a challenge to you. After looking through the questions that I've asked, after some self-evaluation, I would encourage you to be honest and be real with yourself and with God. So the weekly challenge or the challenge that I would like to extend to you today, when God gave us grace, compassion, and love, we received something we did not deserve. And as we experienced God's grace, God's compassion, and God's love, may our hearts be moved with grace, compassion, and love for others. As we meditate on on His grace for us, may our hearts be inspired to extend grace to those around us. As Jesus served us with compassion, may we serve this city with His compassion. As Jesus died because He so loved the least of these, may we sacrifice ourselves for the love, with the love, and because of the love of Jesus. So today, here is the challenge. I invite you to think of someone in your life who who does not deserve grace, who does not deserve compassion, who does not deserve the self-sacrificing love that Jesus extended to you. And be intentional about showing this to them over the coming week. Who can this person be? Who can this someone be? This someone can be a family member. This, this someone could be a colleague, a, a co-worker. This someone could be a neighbor. This someone could even be someone in your closest of groups. Let's pray. Father in heaven, today we're once again reminded that you came to seek and to save that which was lost. We are your ambassadors ambassadors for you living by a different set of rules the rules of grace and compassion and love it stops being about me and it starts being about the other It stops being about my preference and the way I want it to happen. And it starts being 
about you and what you want to happen. So I pray that your principles are lived out in us. That your grace today and through this week is extended to those that we are surrounded with. That your compassion reaches down into the depths of whoever's life. That your love of self-sacrifice that that drove nails in your hands and in your feet, pressed thorns on your head and a spear in your side, that that love is extended through us to those around us. Because only because of that grace and compassion and that for others kind of love, the take a bullet for the other kind of love, because of that, wow, imagine. I can only imagine. Be with us now today until you come. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.